0: The
1: The most important thing was the intensity and the mentality to go after the game.
0: As a coach, why did he only give away nine penalties this week?
1: Available every Wednesday. Don't miss a moment of action. Subscribe to the Rugby channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. Off the ball, daily. Welcome to Thursday's Rugby Daily. My name is Richie McCormick. On the way, Leinster have revealed their side for tomorrow's URC game away to the Scarlets. Scotland have also shown their hand for their Wallabies test. And there's a potential path to rescue for Worcester. But first, the IRFU performance director gave his State of the Union address today. David Nusifora addressed a number of key issues around the domestic game. But perhaps of most interest today was news of the professional women's game. On Tuesday night, the Irish Independent's Rory O'Connor reported that the IRFU were finding it difficult to secure a full batch of signatures for their available deals. New Sephora confirmed today that eight women had demurred from signing a professional contract with four of those based in England and the balance still playing here. He addressed the contract situation today and what is on offer to those
0: signing up. The number 43 contracts has been bandied around of women's contracts. Um, it's somewhere in and around that number. That's, you know, uh, what what we were uh, maybe setting as a ceiling for ourselves to start with. Um, in that model, there. Uh, enables people to take up full-time contracts. As you know, we've had full-time sevens players in the past for the past six, seven years now. Um, Those players um, have worked for that period of time on a wage range of eight to 18,000 euros um, uh, with the aim of, uh, and training as full-time rugby players. That model has evolved now to the 43 odd women's contracts, and there's been a recalibration of salaries for them all. Um, The full time players now will earn between 15 and 30,000 euros. That's the the salary range. And on top of that, there is a significant bonus uh, component that um, will add to, for all those players, either tournament or match fees, uh, plus win bonuses, uh, tournament. Uh, bonuses depending on how well they've done so there's significant earning potential on top of uh, on, on top of the retainer base um, the other part of that is that um, those that that either weren't offered contracts or didn't accept contracts <coughs> then we had to make sure that we had a model that was uh, fit for purpose for the here and now so uh, those players have an option. If they didn't take up contracts, they can continue to do as they do now, play their rugby wherever they play that rugby. Um, they'll be supported in other ways in and around what they're doing. Um, their earning potential will be focused on when they when they train and play in the squad. So there's significant assembly per diem costs uh, that they'll receive. And then there's a bonus structure for them as well, uh, based on selection, on, on win bonuses, uh, tournament fees etc success so um, that's all been modeled out for those players and understanding what their time commitment what their earning capacity is for those who who choose to be uh, doing things that way
1: new sephora was also keen to point out the competitive nature of those contracts especially in comparison to the seemingly more attractive options available in england
0: i suppose the other thing i just wanted to just so we're we're clear because there's a lot of uh, misnomer out there fallacy around what the english system actually is and what happens um, players that play over there, um, play for a salary range, usually between three and 10,000 pounds. That's, that's, that's about it. Those that are getting paid. Um, so there is, uh, they, they don't train on a full-time basis. They have programs that are variable between all the clubs. Um, some train two or three days a week, uh, as in half days, afternoons after they work, etc. So it's a bit of a hybrid model. Um, I, I think the program at the moment, um, you know, we're not going to deny that their competition structure is, is better than ours at the moment, it's stronger purely with the depth of players. Um, if you're comparing that to the AIL, um, uh, the, there isn't a comparison there. So, competition wise, a, a, absolutely the, the standard week to week is better than what it is here. But the program that we're building around the, the actual full time um, development program as I said earlier, is a serious, full-on uh, professional programme. So it'll take time, but um, I think the, the weight of numbers will shift as to where people want to play.
1: Also confirmed today by New Sephora was the appointment of former Connacht, Fiji and Tonga men's head coach John McKee to the Ireland women's coaching staff. The Kiwi's most recent outpost was as assistant with Super Rugby side Western Force. John is coming on board full-time. Um, John's an uh, incredibly
0: experienced coach. For those of you who know John's background, over 20 years, uh, he's coached professionally. Um, he's been in Claremont, he was in Connaught. As some of you you would know, he has Irish connections out there. Um, John's coached at the 2011 and 2015 World Cups as a head coach with Tonga and Fiji. And John's coming on board as a senior coach to the women's team, uh, supporting Greg McWilliams. And John will also be working full time in the, in the women's program that will run out of the HPC as the coordinator of that program with Greg. So we've added some significant firepower uh, into that space um, as well.
1: New Sephora also confirmed today that high-performance coach Gary Keegan will come on board in a full-time capacity. He's already been involved in a casual form with the men's side over the past year, having previously worked with the IABA and Jim Gavin's Dublin Footballers. The high-performance director also focused on the future, admitting the pathways for young players need to be cleared. New Sephora said outings like the Emerging Ireland Tour and Ireland A-Games are just one way of offering hope to young players, and he's warned of the dangers of young players being picked off by clubs in England and France. If you're a player
0: and you're sitting there and you're not getting the relevant game time, but you're a highly talented individual who thinks that he should be further up that food chain, give me games or I'm going to have to look to go somewhere. That's the reality of what I could see it becoming. So we're not in control of changing that URC model. Um, It probably suits some of our competitors um, better than it suits us. But what it does show us is that we have to be creative, we have to be thoughtful about what's going to happen next. And whatever that means, um, I'm not 100% sure yet, but I can guarantee you we have to find ways for those players to be given hope and to be given opportunity, like the Emerging Island Tour created, and how it connects into Island A, we somehow now have to manipulate Um, that end of the game, working with our teams to find a way to be able to make sure that our volume of quality young players are given the amount of time that they deserve to be able to reach what they want, which is to play for Ireland. We have to be able to create that and we're working hard on that at the moment to work out what does that look like, how do we do that? Because if we're, if we're slack or if we're complacent, um, everyone else is going to catch us, they're going to pass us, and we have to keep being innovative, finding ways to create things that will solve that problem. We cannot keep doing the same things that we, we have done in the past or that we're doing now. It won't be good enough. So we have to find ways for that to happen. So another way, in other words, the way we've been able to manufacture Our pathway up to that under 20 feeding our provinces, we now have to work with our provinces and and, uh, nationally to look at how we manipulate that top end of the game to be able to retain all the talent, all the good work, all the investment that's been put in underneath to be able to stay up in that top end of the game over the next five or ten years.
1: Now to Leinster and they've named their side for tomorrow night's United Rugby Championship game away to the Scarlets with so many players away on Ireland duty. It's understandably a mix of youth and experience that will head to Parkey Scarlets. Rhys Ruddock will captain the side from the back row and their first starts of the season for front rowers John McKee and Thomas Clarkson. The academy Joe, Chris Cosgrave and Rob Russell will play in the back three the team in full sees Cosgrave start at full back with Dave Carney and Russell on the wings. In the centre, it's Liam Turner and Charlie Ngatai, while the most experienced combination is in the halfbacks with Luke McGrath starting alongside Ross Byrne. There's a front row of Ed Byrne, John McKee and Thomas Clarkson. Then it's the second row partnership of Ross Maloney and Jason Jenkins. And in the back row, it's Ruddock, Scott Penny and Max Deegan. Off the bench, there will be debuts for Tyg McElroy, Charlie Tector and Ben Brownlee. Leinster have won each of their six URC games to date, and ahead of a month's sabbatical for the competition, Max Deegan says it's important that they sign off with a win. Yeah, it's unbelievably important. You know, like it, it'll be a you know a much changed team compared to last week, with the, a lot of lads going into camp. But um, you know, a lot of lads have been sitting in the sitting in the wings waiting for their chance, and uh, they're going to be unbelievably hungry for it this weekend. And um, you know, to finish off the block with seven wins would be would be amazing. It's something we're really looking looking to do and um, yeah everyone's really excited for it. On the international front flanker James Ritchie has been named a Scotland captain for their first autumn international against Australia on Saturday. Ollie Smith will win his second cap at Murrayfield as he forms a back three with the wings Darcy Graham and Duhan van der Mervey. There's no place for former skipper Stuart Hogg and Gregor Townsend's 23-man squad. The team in full sees Ollie Smith start at full back, then it's Darcy Graham and Duham van der Merve on the wings, with Mark Bennett and Sione Twipolotu in the centre. It's Blair Kinghorn and Ali Price in the half-backs, then a front row of Pierre Schumann, Dave Cherry and Xander Fagerson, Sam Skinner and Grant Kilchrist are in the second row, with Captain Jamie Ritchie alongside Hamish Watson and Matt Fagerson in the back row. Former Worcester Director of Rugby Steve Diamond is leading a consortium to try and rescue the club from administration. The Warriors, who were partially liquidated earlier this month over an unpaid tax bill, have been suspended from the Gallagher Premiership and face relegation at the end of this season. Diamond says his Six Ways Village consortium has some powerful backers, including ex-Leicester Chief Executive Simon Cohen.
0: The aim is to create sustainable organisations with the foundations built in the community. Hence why it's important we've got a local businessman as well as a national businessman to invest with myself.
1: And finally, Dan Bigger could be set for a sensational mid-season switch to Toulon. The Welsh fly half is out of contract at Northampton in the summer and Rassing were believed to be heading the queue for his signature. However, reports in France say Toulon have secured Bigger's John Hancock until the end of the season, providing cover for Ohio West. That's it for today's Rugby Daily. My name is Richie McCormack. Don't forget to subscribe to the OTB Rugby feed to receive this bite-sized chunk of oval ball goodness every day. I'll be back with you tomorrow with more team news ahead of the URC action.